Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio in association with Fidelity Investments. We are the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you news in tech from around Ireland and across the world every Friday on RTE Radio. And of course, you can get it first anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app. Fidelity Investments specialise in fintech innovation and are hiring for tech roles in Ireland right now. If you're an online worker or you're looking to have that kind of freedom, you can find out more about how to virtually join their team at fidelityinvestments.ie. My name is Dusty Rhodes. This is episode 864. Joining me as always is our editor-in-chief, uh, Niall Kitson. Niall, the first story really is uh, we've all been talking to Siri and Siri's been giving us very exciting news. Syria has been giving us very exciting news indeed. Next Tuesday, the 20th of April, gives us another uh, Apple launch event. This one has the title Spring Loaded, because I guess spring. Okay, it's not really giving anything away. What, What are the pundits saying? Uh, well, who cares about the pundits, but there, there's an awful lot of paranoid speculation uh, in <laughs> comment sections online. Uh, saying that, okay, the uh, icon for the event looks particularly kind of springy, but also kind of like a coil. So mm-hmm. maybe it's like something to do with electricity or oh, electricity, maybe something to do with Tesla. Oh, wow. It's it's definitely some sort of Tesla tie-in. This is, it's happening. It's the Apple car in association with Tesla. That's what's happening. If if I have this right, this is the first time in a long time that we actually don't know what Apple are going to announce. It's like nothing's been leaked. If if that's the level of detail that we're getting, there's a few things that you know. It's it's this time of year, so Apple are becoming quite cyclical um, mm. when it comes to their product line and when you can expect to see something. Like it'll be the, the other end of the year, September October, by before we see a new raft of iPhones for example. So around this time of year, it's usually Mac-ish time. So the the thinking is that we'll see probably a new iMac uh, and also uh, a new uh, iPad Pro, which were kind of due. So a a new range Uh. of iPads and a new iPad Pro. And perhaps even something that will further differentiate the iPad Pro from the iPad, but also the, uh, the MacBook air. So what are your thoughts, Dusty? Are, would you look forward to seeing a new iPad? No, not really. Um, do you know, I'm over tablets. Oh, Completely over cynic. tablets. No, such I'm not a cynic. cynic. I just, I don't use them. I have three of them in the house and I never use the darn thing. I'm, I'm either on my phone or I'm on my computer. We have, we have two tablets at home. We, mm-hmm. we have a, a third generation iPad and a first generation iPad mini, and they are used for hours on end, hours and hours and hours. Um, do you know what I do? So I've, I've, I've repurposed one of the uh, old um, uh, tablets. And what I use it for is it's in my camera bag now. Right. So that when I'm out and about and I've taken shots and stuff like that, I'm able to, over Wi-Fi, transfer pictures from the camera onto the tablet. So I get to see it on a bigger screen, but I can do some rudimentary editing on it as well and upload it too. Oh. And this is only for myself. So are you, are you using a DSLR? I am, yeah. So you have a DSLR linked into your iPad, which mm-hmm. you then upload images after yes. some editing. Yes. That's after so some editing. <laughs> 
Niall, do you know where we are? <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we, it is cool. We, we uh, are amongst friends, I hope. I, I hope, yes, yes. <laughs> I can't believe you just called me nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my well, goodness. We, we are oh talking about Apple stuff. Only cool people oh, yeah. use Apple stuff. That's right. That's right. Do you go. know what I really? Do you know what I really wanted to see here with this story? Was I wanted to hear Siri making the announcement, and at the end of him going, at, at when is it it's on Tuesday? Is it? It's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted at the end of it for Siri to say the words "See you next Tuesday." <laughs> that would have cracked me up no end, but it I didn't happen. So. It, it, but, it but, Hey, you know, a, a new iPad Pro, I would actually be quite interested in owning because as, as I said, like my, my current iPad is mm. pretty old at this stage um, and it has, it has served me well down through the years. And I know, uh, like I haven't updated the software on it in quite a while yeah. uh, and I know that it just wouldn't be able for it. It just wouldn't be able for the, for the latest version of iOS. So it's probably due a replacement. Um, but it's, it's just been such a good workhorse. I mean, it's reliable. Um, granted the software on it is very old, but it does absolutely Mm -hmm. everything I want it to. Um, and it's particularly good for using office, Microsoft office. So if, if it was a case of, you know, I'm caught short without a, without a laptop for a few days, I can work most effectively using, uh, using an iPad. that's what you're waiting for. I'm waiting for the uh, new range of M processors to come out, the M2, and then I'm, yeah. then I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go crazy. Then you're going. Then you're going to replace your your uh, MacBook Pro. Uh, I'm thinking. Of, well, actually, no. I'm thinking of replacing the MacBook Air hmm. because uh, my darling wife, who I absolutely love and adore, her laptop, her old laptop, like literally melted. <laughs> right. So I. I've given her my uh, old uh, MacBook Air, okay, which she's happily using now, which means I need a new one. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. I have to. I've been... So it's all months in planning. Months in planning. But you're still going to put Windows on it. (laughs) Of course I... No, I can't. That's the problem with the M with the M processors. You can't run... Unless you're going to run it through an emulator or something like that. But that... No... I really? love my MacBook Air because it's got boot camp on it and because it's got an Intel processor, it means I can either boot into Windows or Mac. And I love that. Which you can't do using an M1. Exactly. Or an right. M2. But I'm still so tempted with the speed. It's kind of, oh, look, I'm going to get one of these darn things anyway. Because hmm. um, I just want to see how. But I'm waiting for the M2. The other news out this week is that Apple aren't the only ones making announcements. Samsung have also announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, it's an announcement about an announcement. Wednesday, 28th of April, end of the month, Samsung are also going to hold another event. Is this another unpacked? It's another unpacked. And I'm kind of thinking they've done everything, phones and da-da-da-da-da and whatever. The one thing that they haven't really done is flip phones or foldable phones. Foldable ah, phones, actually. Okay, right. So you, you reckon this might be a little bit more blue sky? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but I'm always excited when any of these big tech companies say we're making announcements on, boom, yeah. from there. Because if yeah. you look at what Samsung are, are big on at the moment, I mean, it is, you know, it's mobile, it's, it's smartphones, tablets and TVs. It's kind of, kind of what we expect from them and not, not a lot mm-hmm. else. And we'll wait and see what we get out of them. Uh, on with the news and we are saying goodbye to one of our favourite sources of information on the internet. <laughs> Have you ever used Yahoo Answers? No. 
<laughs> Do you know what? I, I haven't either. I've never had cause to. I know what you're about to tell me, though, is going to cheer me up greatly. Oh, I tell you. So Yahoo Answers 2005 to 2021. Just a little bit of context. Wikipedia um, opened its, its virtual gates in 2001. Uh, oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Facebook in yeah. 2004. Um, and then YouTube in 2005, I think it was. Okay. So the idea, of course, was that, you know, this was the advent of user generated content that you won't need to ask an expert anyway, uh, anything. You just ask the guy next to you who probably knows as much or will know enough to give you an answer on something. So instead of, you know, waiting on this slow process, just ask the guy beside you. He'll know. He'll know everything. It'll be fine. And, you know, if it isn't the guy beside you right now, Maybe that guy will be along in a few minutes and, you know, we can just get together and you have a specific question and get a specific answer and everybody's happy. Uh, and, and of course, that's not quite how it turned out because that's not how humanity works. Um, so I went on, uh, I went on Yahoo Answers uh, today just to see what sort of a rabbit hole I could end up falling down. Um, so some of the questions I found uh, were, do Irish people like chicken nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> somebody actually asked that do, do, do you know it's the only thing that's worse hmm. somebody answered it yeah true <laughs> yeah quite quite a few people did yeah what what, what other questions uh oh gosh what's the history of ireland uh to to which one particularly astute person just wrote down england <laughs> oh, 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 meow. <laughs> um, uh, also, there was like, uh, what's the best restaurant in Ireland? So, you know, fairly <laughs> specific things. Um, and, and you know what? It's just, you know, certain places are just rabbit holes where you know you're not yeah. getting anything yeah. quality whatsoever. You're just waiting for somebody to fall out with somebody. And there are plenty of yeah. places where, where people have rows in public now. I mean, there's, you know, of course, of course, boards, which actually, in fairness, is very well mo moderated. Um, there's Reddit, which, you know, not great. But Whoops. people people tend to go there an awful lot. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Twitter, which of course has a massive problem with abuse. There's Facebook, which has a massive problem with misinformation. Uh, so there are plenty of places to go to get bad information these days. Uh, even even Wikipedia has its moments. Um, I know of one case where two people got into a heated argument and decided that they would use Wikipedia as the arbiter to you know. Finally, oh, you know, yeah. what's the answer on this? Only yeah. each of them went to the Wikipedia page and edited it so that when the other guy clicked on it, <laughs> it, was it always happens. Answer. It happens. I work with uh, uh, various producers on, on, on all kinds of podcasts and radio programs that we make. OK, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I work quite closely with them and it always happens within the first two to three weeks of a new producer working with me. They'll go, yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. Where did you find that out? I got on Wikipedia <laughs> and that's when their right ear starts to glow with heat <laughs> as I'm yeah. smacking them going, don't use that as a resource. And, and you know, you, you hear of, you know, people in secondary school using uh, Wikipedia as, uh, as a source of information. You're like, no, oh, you got it. You got to teach people, you know, you can use it as a jumping off point. That's fine. But, you know, if you actually want to quote something, don't, don't yeah. do it. 
don't do check it. everything at least three times. So yeah, Yahoo uh, Answers is is going essentially. There, it's going. The, well, the the great project of the the crowdsourced knowledge sharing platform. I mean, as you say, there's loads of places to go now, and you can go to Cora. I think we'll we'll do exactly the same job if that. That's even still around. Now, speaking of uh, knowledge sharing, Facebook has very kindly been sharing its knowledge of 500 million people's uh, email addresses and phone numbers. Okay, right. Here's the thing. Meow. Yeah, meow. Now, it's very easy to dunk on Facebook. Uh, on this and Lord knows they deserve it most of the well, time. Well, hang on. You're going, to, you're going to defend Facebook <laughs> for the fact that 500 million users had their details taken from Facebook. Okay, right. Let's, you're going to defend them. Let's, let's, let's put this in context and, and let the, the listenership decide. Okay. Uh, 2019, Facebook had a security breach, which was to do with the interface of Facebook proper with um, the likes of WhatsApp and uh, Messenger, right? So say you had a Facebook account and you wanted to uh, log into those services using your Facebook account. It required uh, um, a certain yeah, the social access login thing. Yeah. and yep. somebody managed to hack it um, and uh, scrape Facebook of 533 million uh, users and their information and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This was kept as a, a clump. It was sold on the dark web um, in 2020, but I, it appeared a, a, a few times before that. The The actual um, security breach was patched in 2019. Um, so now uh, the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner is looking at this and going, okay, look, this information has been dumped on the dark web um, three times, I think, uh, at this stage. Um, right, to, to, to what extent is Facebook culpable here? Um, because as we know, the uh, penalties for GDPR infringement are quite, quite severe. Um, a maximum of 20 million euro or 4% of your global turnover. Now, mm-hmm. when we talked to Max Schrems uh, a couple of years ago at this stage, I asked him, you know, will the likes of Google and Facebook actually be interested in complying with GDPR or will, or will they be happy enough to just eat these fines for as long as they keep going? And he said, look, they're making so much money off the way they're doing things right now that they will happily eat these fines because the, you know, the risk reward, they're, they're still going to make money off it. Mm. Um, so this is a good opportunity for Facebook to come out and say, look, there was a flaw in our system. This happened and, you know, we, we didn't perhaps handle it as best we could. And uh, mm. so let's, you know, let's come to an agreement and, and move forward, either establishing best practice or, you know, taking a fine on the chin or, or whatever it has to be. Um, now, the problems I have, of course, is that there was an error in their system. Uh, we weren't, the office wasn't informed about it within the 72 hours. Uh, people's details were leaked online, quite a lot of them. Uh, so how much information was actually being handed over to these other services and did that level of access, did what happened require that level of access? Mm. Right, because you have to justify that as well under under GDPR. Uh, so there are a few questions there that legitimately need to be answered. Uh, Facebook's defense is okay. We had a system; it was hacked. It uh, it wasn't necessarily our fault. The uh, information that was leaked online uh, actually was was gotten before uh, the grace period ended. Certainly. 
uh, for GDPR. So it wasn't that sort of interstitial period. It was at the period where, you know, the office was more interested in helping companies get their house in order rather than coming down with the, with the ban hammer, if you, if you will, and, and dishing out fines wholesale. So mm. it, it was under a slightly more um, sympathetic regime. Uh, and it wasn't their fault that uh, the usernames, etc., got dumped en masse on the dark web for free in one case. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not their fault. I think I have a solution to these fines because, as you say, they're having absolutely no effect. 4% of their global turnover is like, it's nothing for Facebook. So I think that we have two fines, okay, mm-hmm. for of breaches of this. And the first fine is that we take uh, Mark Zuckerberg's left testicle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave it up to your imagination as to what the second fine is. But mind you, now that I picture Mark Zuckerberg in my head, I think maybe somebody beat us to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dusty. You, I'm being very bold today. I'm being very bold card. today. card. <laughs> um, but you know, I just don't, I don't have time for Facebook because they've just completely blown all trust. If, if there ever was it, I don't think I ever had a, a trust in, in, in Facebook and I don't now. And I'm starting to get this rubbish. I will not give Facebook my phone number. All right? I've, I've refused. Uh, for for years and now th- whatever new project we're working on blah 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 advertising oh we need your phone number or you can't advertise it's like what what do you mean I can't advertise on behalf of, on behalf of this client uh, we need your phone number and I'm like Grr. so mm. I very reluctantly handed it over and then you know kind of a couple of days later then there's this whole leak thing that goes out and, the, and I'm kind of yeah I just actually do you know what mm. I have a feeling that Facebook are the world's least trusted brand. Ooh. Okay, that, yeah, that requires a quick Google search. Google search. World's least trusted. Okay. Okay, see what we come up with. Okay, so seemit.com. Good, good people. The least and most trusted, sorry, it's just, it's the top search result. I'm just going with the top yeah, one, yeah. right? Uh, blah, 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 blah. So scroll down the page. There's a picture of Disney or trusted, Coca-Cola trusted, blah, blah, blah. Top 10 globally, Amazon, uh, Apple. What? Nobody like, oh, sorry. These are the ten, top 10 most trusted brands. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, Amazon, Apple's, um, I think quite rightly, uh, Microsoft, Google. <laughs> um and then the worst, the worst then down at the end of the list. There you go. Number 92. <laughs> <Okay>. Facebook. Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Though, mind you, they're in good company because for some reason, people trust Facebook more than they trust Heineken or Prada. What? What gives? <laughs> Is it... <laughs> Listen, okay, it's the, just the Heineken the first one is just a noodle result. scratcher for me. I don't do, get do that. Do you know what? If, if you make me look into this further, I'm going to have to check out firstly Wikipedia and then Google uh, answers or Yahoo answers. Yahoo answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll see. Uh, last story this week, uh, NASA. Hmm. Yeah. They are they are making me smile, all right, because I'm following, as you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with space and the whole thing that's going on on Mars at the moment is fantastic. I love the fact 
that NASA have got the Mars drone helicopter Ingenuity sitting on the surface of the planet 174 million miles away and it needs a software upgrade. <laughs> they can't fly the thing because there's a problem and it's we need to update your software. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, I mean, getting it on our computer here on Earth is like, oh, no. Oh, that is hilarious. That, that is so funny. That's, there you go. Oh, gosh. That, so you, listen, you, you can run away from tech, but tech won't run away from you. There we go. Listen, that's the uh, news for this week. And uh, Niall, thanks as always for keeping us up to date. Uh, just to wrap up today, a quick word about our show sponsor, Fidelity Investments, who we mentioned already. They are a global leader in fintech innovation and they are hiring for tech roles here in Ireland right now. Now, the best bit is, is that you can join them virtually and work from the safety of your home. So if online working is your thing or you're looking to have that kind of freedom, you can find out more how to virtually join the Fidelity Investments team on their website right now at fidelityinvestments.ie This is Tech Central your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie We all suspect that Apple and Google know everything about us through our smartphones Uh, but it's okay because you know all we have to do is turn off our data connection and everything will be fine you think? Professor Doug Leith is a principal investigator with Connect, the Science Foundation Ireland Centre for Research for Future Networks. And he has found that even without data, there is plenty of information being sucked up and sent back to base by our smartphones. Mal Kitson spoke to him to find out more. Doug, we're known on the show for wearing our tinfoil hats when it comes to when it comes to the kind and amount of data that uh, mobile phones gather about us and, and share what what they share when they when they dial home. So one imagines that you know the official version is that when you use a service, you kind of expect to give over a certain amount of information about yourself, whether it's the the little blue dot uh, or you know having your email scanned so ads can be fed back to you. These are sort of, they're given as facts of life and that, you know, maybe Apple and Google are pretty much as bad as each other, but maybe just that Apple with their alleged focus on privacy and keeping everything on the on the device itself is probably a little bit friendlier in that regard. But what happens if you decide, you know what, I just want to use my phone as a phone. I don't really want to share any of my data uh, with either Apple or Google. Um, is it actually possible to do that with a contemporary smartphone? Good question. The very one that I was interested in asking. And actually, this stems back from, uh, so I'm quite new to looking at my uh, to being alerted really to all the traffic that, that uh, phones share. And originally I was looking at contact tracing apps, you know, which um, there was a lot of interest in over the last year with COVID and so on, and looked at Google Play services because you need to enable that to run contact tracing apps and saw all the traffic. And so the natural question that rose in was, what do, uh, what do iPhones do? do? Do they do the same? And so finally... Uh, I got around to taking measurements on iPhones as well and, and redoing measurements on a, on a Google Pixel phone, so it's a Google brand phone, and comparing the traffic and exactly trying to take a clean, simple setup where I have a factory reset, so it's a brand new phone, I go through my help screens, I put on a, a, my persona as a privacy-conscious but busy person, so whenever I'm asked do I want to share my data, I say no, 
Uh, do I want to enable Siri? No. If I want to do backups, I say no. Um, and do I want to share analytics? No. And then I then I then I use my phone. And I just use it to make phone calls, to do texts. I don't log in to use any of the services. I don't use uh, iCloud or or any of the other uh, you know, YouTube or or whatever the, the other services that these provide. And try and see in that cut down situation can't, what, what data is shared because it's a you know it's a, it's a minimal situation. And we'd hope in that situation that not much is shared, right? Because why should it be? And, and of course, your your findings were, were kind of contrary to that. So, so what exactly is being shared? Is it is it a case of, you know, that a call went in at a certain point? Uh, or are we finding that, you know, the, the mobile phone manufacturers and, and service providers are learning an awful lot more about us than we would expect? Well, it seemed to me they were learning, a, there was a, a surprising amount of data, both for Apple and Google. So some examples, um, every both Apple and Google send a similar kind of a connection request that sends you know, data back home that links together a bunch of information. So the uh, hardware serial number, the IMEI, which is a kind of another hard fix to your handset, is engraved on the SIM holder in your uh, in, in your phone, right? It's really literally physically tied to it. And when you're logged in with Google, it would send your e- email address. It also send your phone number. It send your Wi-Fi MAC address, which is a persistent device identifier. Apple basically send much the same stuff. Uh, it, you know, so it's tying together all these things, and, uh, and so that means if um, there's any other data that's that's acquired about the life of your phone, it's linked to your identity. So that 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 I don't really see the need for that, but the the. Other other sorts of things. Uh, every time an, an interesting event seems to be inserting a sim, uh, it's very reproducible. We take the sim out, stick the sim back in, and both uh, Apple and Google will send a special message to their servers, which will send your sim details, including your phone number. Uh, so I I don't understand why they need to have that information. I was surprised to see that. Um, G- Google also will record the event of taking the sim out. <laughs> They'll send a special request just to record that interesting event. Uh, the, um, the the Google collect a lot of uh, telemetry. Uh, so telemetry means uh, information about the life of your phone. So what's going on? But it's not just the life of your phone. It's it's how apps are running on your phone. Um, it looks like. But it's the, the difficulty with that, and I, I've talked to Google about it to ask them for more information. Is what 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 happens is your phone sends all this volume. The Google, the Google phone says this volume of binary data, and it's very hard to know uh, what the actual content is. You know, it's just it's just these bits being sent, and so I, I'm trying. I think Google have undertaken to publish some documentation in due course. I haven't done it yet uh, about the content of that. So just now, the jury's out. There's this. There's a quite a large volume of data sent. I don't know what's in it. Um, there's, in fact, there's two sources on Google. That one is this telemetry. The other is is an experiments and configurations. A set of uploads, which I think is to do with like A/B testing, testing of new features uh, on the phone. So it sends a lot of device configuration information. That that I can see what it sends, um, and those are the two big sources of information, as well as all these other <coughs> requests that are going on. For Apple, they they're really quite similar. Both of them are very chatty. On average, every when the phone is idle, so just sitting lying overnight on your on my shelf, they'll, on a, both of them will connect on average every four and a half minutes. You see, and I see that when I sit watching them, making connections, they're very chatty, both of them. Uh, the 
Um, one of the things that was surprising to me about the Apple, apart from the fact that it sends much the same information as Google telemetry aside, that, you know, I don't know what this Google telemetry is, um, Apple send their own telemetry, um, which also I don't clearly understand, is they send information, Apple send information about uh, nearby Wi-Fi devices. So that, that was really a surprise to me. So in my house, it will send, so every um, device connected to the Wi-Fi identifies itself on the local Wi-Fi network by this MAC address. And historically, that was a unique fixed thing tied to the hardware, never changed. Um, But because it was being used to track people, for example, in supermarkets and and shopping centers, it's now randomized. It's it's seen as a a, sensitive uh, uh, thing. And so the iPhone sends these Wi-Fi MAC addresses of nearby devices in my house. So in particular, the home gateway, which is a fixed Wi-Fi address that never changes. It sees the address of my laptop. It sees the address of other people's devices in the house. Sends all that together, and that can be used to to link together to construct a social graph. Because if two people, two two people's iPhones send this list of MAC addresses which have the same uh, home gateway, then you can see, oh, right, so they're in the same house, they're close to the same Wi-Fi address, so I know they're near to each other. And when, and if you have location switched on, then it will also send the GPS location, the exact GPS location. It will localize it to my house. In the, in the data I have. And uh, so now it's all tied together. And that, I, I thought that was, I don't know why Apple are sending that. I was surprised to see it. Um, I've asked them why, and, and they say they'll go back to me. Um, that, that was really a surprise to me because that seems quite intrusive, you know. That's really interesting when you, when they're developing such detailed user profiles, even if they, they are anonymized to a certain extent, to, you know, device number or, you know, uh, network number or, or what have you. But I, I suppose one of the things that they'll get out of that kind of information, specifically if they're looking at, you know, uh, when a SIM card is inserted or taken out of a device is, is device longevity, uh, I suppose as well, which perhaps might go towards uh, informing their own uh, device research efforts. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're, they're collecting it. It doesn't seem to me uh, that it's any of Apple or Google's business what my phone number is when I'm not using any of their services. I don't. I don't see why they need to know when I insert a SIM. And it's not just the act of inserting the SIM; they also send the SIM details. You know. So, uh, having sort of looked at your your experience of using a smartphone, what what you know, are you going to ditch a smartphone and go back to a dumb phone yourself? <laughs> no, well, no, of course not. Um, what what I would like is. Um, is, is for to, the, the, to be given the option to opt out. So just now, you know, the reason for looking at a minimal setup is I can see, you know, if I switch everything off, this is the kind of minimal amount of data I'm sharing. And it's still really a lot of data, far more than I expected. And so I, I, what I would like to see is the upshot of this is the, you know, Apple and Google giving me choices, which I la- lack just now, to, to switch this off. You know, let me opt out. It's not, of course, many people don't care and that's fine. But if I care, give me the choice. It's the lack of choice and, and the lack of information. This is like shining a light in the dark, really, isn't it? Uh, that, that's, this, that's the, the worrying things, really. 
And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Professor Doug Leith from Connect. That's it for our show this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie. And of course, do listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty and from Niall, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.